headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jennifer is with us in Dallas, Texas. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, George. Pleasure to speak with both of you. You too. What's up? Hi. So I have an IRA that was from a past job. I rolled over into its own account. So my question is, should I move that money into my 401k where I'm currently investing and putting my 15% or leave it in that separate IRA account? I would just leave it in that IRA account. Okay. Okay. Even though no money is going into it. Correct. But it is sitting there in good mutual funds, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. If it's in good mutual funds, I would just leave it alone. You've got more control of okay. it there. I ne- We never recommend you move uh, old IRA money into new or, or old 401k money into new 401ks. Instead, put it out in an individual retirement account. Mm-hmm. You can pick the same mutual funds if you want or better ones, and you've got better mm-hmm. access and better control, uh, and it'll, it will grow at exactly the same rate or a better rate than it would if you moved it inside the 401k. George is exactly right. Joel is with us in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, Joel, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Dave? So I'm kind of a new uh, listener, um, so I wanted to give you a call. So I'm getting married in three weeks. Congratulations. Thank you very, very much. My fiance and I have been living together for, for the last year. We've we've tried different budgets. We've, we've, we've tried different ways, different different websites, nothing seems to quite work. We kind of end up just a race to zero. We've got a uh, combined income of about $100,000. I've got about 5,000 in credit card debt. She's got about 3,000 in credit card debt. Um, We've got 4,000 in savings. And I've got about 20,000 in mutual funds. Okay, car debt, any car debt? No, no car debt. Student loans. Um, so she's got about twenty thousand in student loans. Okay, all right, cool. But I do not. And um, well, we're just t- typically out- there's two things that cause people to not be able to stick to a budget. One is uh, that they're using a wrong technique, which we can help you with. Two is they're not really committed to the idea. In other words, if you write it down on paper and have no intention of actually doing what you wrote down, then guess what? You're not going to do what you wrote down. Yeah, since combining, you know, combine, you know, combining like a bank, I just feel like we've had less control, and it's, I, I guess, it's harder to pay for two than pay for one, and it just seems like a lot quicker to zero than it used to be. This is extra confusing. I mean, if you've got multiple incomes coming in, you should only have more there versus less. But we recommend a zero-based budget, and I don't know if you've checked out every dollar. It doesn't sound like you have. That's our budgeting tool, and I will gift that to you guys as a wedding present, uh, including Ramsey Plus. You'll have access to all the videos inside of Financial Peace. But once you start your every dollar budget, it's super easy. We want to list out all of your income, and then we're going to list out all of your expenses. And when you subtract it. For that particular month. 
And when you subtract the expenses from the income, it should equal zero, meaning you've assigned every single dollar a job. We don't want any of your dollars unemployed. And once you do that, and then, by the way, you have to stick to it and actually track it and go, how much money do we have for food when we go grocery shopping? Then we're going to stick to that budget, and that's how you're going to get that control. But I can write down a workout plan every week, Dave, and if I never work out, I'll never get in shape. Yeah. So, so you assign every dollar a mission, every dollar a name. That's why we call the app Every Dollar. Both of you look at that before the month begins. It's unique to each month because every month's different. Okay? Okay. And then once you've assigned every dollar, both of you look at it. Both of you make changes until every dollar has a name. No extra slush money laying around. Every dollar is assigned. All the income you have coming in, net that month to work with is assigned to something then it's 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 assigned to something both of you agree with the assignments you agree with the mission and then you pinky swear and spit shake this becomes a freaking contract that says if we're not going to spend more than x number of dollars on restaurants then by god stay home don't go to the restaurant you're contracting with each other we're not going to spend more than this on clothes this month i don't care if the purse is on sale we yeah, agreed to make that extra trip to Target. We agreed that this is what we were going to spend. Don't lie to me. That's what you're saying to each other. You're contracting. You have to make it a very serious relational commitment. That's why both of you need a vote in the formation of the thing. Because otherwise, you're bossing her around or she's bossing you around. It becomes a weapon. But instead, you're, to, as a couple, saying... Our goals are X, and the best way to achieve our goals is this list of expenditures this month, and we're not going to do something other than that unless something really nasty bad happens, and then we have to come back together and together decide on how we're going to change our budget before we do it. You don't come home from Target. You don't come home from the grocery store. You don't come home from happy hour and go, well, honey, look what I did. That's not cute. That's childish. And that's the thing where you're, I'm talking about you committing to sticking to the plan. But laying out the technique, the, the technique is every dollar has an assignment. As George said, that's called a zero-based budget. The two of you coming together and agreeing that this is what we're going to do. That's the technique. Now, typically, we always say, Joel, you said you're new to this stuff. We always tell folks, typically a married couple, one of you is more of a nerd that's into the details, and one of you is more of a free spirit that's less into the details and isn't going to think this is fun. And the nerd thinks doing a budget is like great fun. Correct. Okay. I'm the nerd is more free spirited. Yeah, that would be normal that the nerd calls and asks this question. Okay. How do we do a budget? Free spirits don't ask this question. She's at target right now. Yeah. She- <laughs> so there we go. That's, we figured it out. Yeah. She's getting her nails done right now. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, in my house, I'm the nerd. My wife's the free spirit. And so, same as at your house, Joel. So what we had to do is this. Nerds need free spirits in their life so they have a life. Free spirits right. need nerds in their life so they don't retire and have to eat Alpo. Correct. So that you need each other. If, if two people just alike get married, one's unnecessary. So we need to be, we need each other. You need to be working off each other's strengths. Both of you have a vote. This is a coming together of a value system. It's not you bossing her around, her bossing you around. You're not the boss of me. 
And this Welcome might take two to three months to get dialed in, so don't give up. If the first one you go, oh, we couldn't do it, let's give up, we can't do a budget, stick to it. And Kelly will pick up, we'll gift you guys a year of Ramsey Plus, which includes every dollar, our premium budgeting tool. Let us know how it goes. And go all the way through the Financial Peace class. It's included in that. We just gave you a great, expensive wedding gift. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry. But I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Well, I love tax season, said nobody ever. Uh, questions about taxes, though, they're coming in, and we'll help you with those. Uh, here's a question from one of our listeners. Dave, we normally have someone do our taxes, but our accountant retired. I think we have a simple return. Should we try to file ourselves with Ramsey Smart Tax? Well, you can use the Ramsey Ta- Smart Tax software. It's very easy to use. The more complicated your return, uh, the more likely you would want to use a professional. I personally use a professional, but mine's the size of a freaking phone book when I get it done. So, uh, you know, that's different, obviously. Uh, we recommend ver- working with a tax pro if you've had a major life change, like you retired, got an inheritance, adopted a child. If you own a business and file long form on that, probably a pro. Uh, you're not confident. You're confident, though. Uh, or you want to save time and stress. These are reasons that you'd want to do this. But if you get if you get into it and it's just like, ah, God, I hate this. Okay, there you go. That tells you right there, right? So I hate it anyway. I hate just signing the thing, much less preparing it. So that's the whole thing. Um, I see it like buying back your time and mental sanity when you work with a pro. Now, if yeah. people have simple situations. They've got, got a W-2. A, if you got a 1040 easy, you know, do a Ramsey Smart Tax. You can do that as fast as you can do a 1040 easy. Don't pay somebody 300 bucks to do that. I mean, it's just a fill When you can pay 20 bucks but, on your but own. But I haven't had one of those in my life, so I've always been so Nothing about Dave's life is easy, oh, tell well, you that much. That, well, I don't have an easy button anyway, but yeah. No, I mean, I've always been self-employed or had some kind of weird income or something going on where I didn't trust my own level of tax knowledge to do it. Uh, so either way... If you want a pro or you want to use the Ramsey Smart Tax software, just go to RamseySolutions.com slash tax. Our question today comes from our brand new sponsor, Neighborly. We are so thrilled these guys are on board with us. Uh, it's brought to you by them. They're your hub for home services, stuff like Mr. Rooter, Mr. Electric. You'll see those at Neighborly. So if you need to make repairs or schedule routine maintenance or uh, find local help for home improvement projects, Neighborly is your source for reliable home service providers in your area. Go to neighborly.com and start your search. Today's question comes from Claudia in Mississippi. She's asking, under what scenario do you have to pay capital gains tax on real estate? Here's my situation. My grandfather quick claim deeded his house to me. The house is completely paid off. He paid 24000 for it in 2013, and it's now evaluated at $190,000. i am wanting to sell in hopes to buy a new property. I've lived with him since 2020, and I took ownership in 2021. Under this scenario, would I be liable for capital gains? No, because it's been in your name for more than two years. It's been your personal residence for more than two years. A single person can make a profit of up to a capital gain of up to $250,000. 
So that'd be 274000 in your case because his basis was 24000 uh, a profit of 250000 with zero income tax on your personal residence. However, this was stupid. You almost stepped in it. You accidentally are okay, not because you had a plan. If the numbers were different, the house value was much higher, this it, could have been a different scenario. Yeah. So never deed property to someone prior to your death like Grandpa did. Here's why. Let's pretend that she didn't accidentally uh, fall under this personal residence exemption for $250,000, which saved her bacon, okay? So let's say that she didn't live in the property. That would do away with the personal residence bit. Get it? Okay. So now it's uh, Grandpa lives there, but Grandpa wants to make sure Granddaughter gets it, and he doesn't want to deal with wills and stuff because he he knows how those lawyers are, right? And so he, uh, you know, this is the kind of crap people do, okay? So then he deeds the property to her with a quit-claim deed, which is a usually a one-page thing and costs 6 to $10 to register at the courthouse. It's very easy to do this stupid move. Now, here's what happens. When you give someone property or a capital asset, stock if i give george money if i give him a share of home depot stock if i give him a piece of real estate his basis when he gets ready to resell it is based on what i paid for it and so in this case grandpa paid twenty four thousand dollars for it so her basis is twenty four thousand dollars if she had not lived in the house for two years it would be called investment property 100 percent of everything over twenty four thousand dollars would be taxable major mistake hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of taxable income created here instead had he deeded it to her in his will at his death it went to her you get what's called a stepped up basis her basis becomes the value at the time of his death apparently he's still alive but at the time of his death let's say he passed in this situation her basis would not be twenty four thousand it'd be one hundred ninety thousand she turns around and sells it for one hundred ninety thousand zero capital gains so the fact that Duber deeds this thing before his death, Grandpa, Dad Gumya, sweet but dumb, okay, could have cost her taxes on $150,000 or more here. It didn't because she happened to live in the property for two years. But so don't give people stuff. Uh, let them experience, let, let market value at the time of their death be their new basis. It's a lot higher than what you paid for it and control the ownership vehicle, not by an early deed, but with either a trust or a will or both. When does it make sense to use a quick claim deed? What scenarios? Uh, divorces. Uh, even then though, you can get into trouble. Uh, cause most divorce attorneys make a huge legal error. Ooh, I'm calling you boys and girls out. Uh, cause here's the thing. Husband, and wife get divorced. There's a $260,000 mortgage. Husband doesn't get to keep the house. Wife's going to get the house cause the kids are living in the house and divorce attorneys say, well, just part of the settlement is you're going to quit claim your half of ownership to her. And so he fills out a one page quit claim as part of the divorce decree. Boom. There we go. But guess what? Husband still has a $260,000 mortgage. That's messy. In on his a, name. On a house he's not a part of. Five years later, he gets remarried and wants to have a life and buy a house. Can't do it. Still got a $260,000 mortgage in his ex-wife's name. Doesn't own the property, but still got the mortgage. Dumb. You're getting a divorce and doing a quit claim deed? 
re force a refinance or force the sale of the house. One of the two, either the wife, the ex soon to be ex or whoever's going to get the house refinances and gets the other person's name off the mortgage, or we sell the house and get the name off the mortgage because you're going to get stuck and divorce attorneys do this all the time. Cause it's easy. It's easy, but it's wrong. Okay. Same thing here. This is for a different reason though. This is a, when would you use a quit claim deed? Uh, I just moved property from one LLC to another the other day. I used a quit claim deed to do that. To switch the ownership. Yeah. It's just, I already, own, and I own both LLCs. So it's not, it's a non-issue, right? Um, when else would you use a quit claim deed? See, a quit claim deed means you, here, here's real estate theory for you. You do not, a warranty deed is what usually transfers in most states a house, a piece of property. And that means if I'm transferring property to you, George, I am giving you a warranty on the title, that, the, that I have the title. I am the owner of the title, and I am willing to warranty that and transfer that to you. Then if I didn't have, uh, if I didn't own the property and I did that, then you would have recourse back on me, mm. okay? But I could give you a quit claim deed to someone else's property because all it says is I quit claiming whatever ownership I have. And if I have no ownership, I quit claiming it. Wow. And I gave it gave you nothing when I quit claiming it. So I could give I could give you a quit claim deed to James's house. I'm in. And it, would te- it wouldn't do you any good. <laughs> James I, looks I, I'm, so I'm scared gonna, I'm going to quit claiming all of my ownership, which is nothing. Wow. So if you don't have pure ownership and you quit claim deed something, it's of no value. And uh, you can really get into all kinds of crap there. So sometimes you'll use it to do some title cleanup if there's something more nuanced than all of that. But um, I've only ever heard it mostly in the context of divorces. Divorce and estates. Grandpa doing a dumb thing like this. Or uh, estate planning attorneys doing a dumb thing without forcing a refinance. I mean, divorce attorneys not forcing a refinance. And then you get stung and you're stuck with a mortgage on a house you don't own anymore with a woman you don't aren't married to anymore. There's something about this sounds miserable to me. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSC. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Tony and Brandy are with us. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, good. doing well. Good. How you doing? Better than I deserve. Welcome. So good to have you guys. Thank you. So how much debt have you two paid off? 34,000. All right. How long did this take? Uh, about 5 months. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? Uh, 150. Wow, good. What do y'all do for a living? I'm a UPS driver. Mhm. 
and uh, I'm a nurse. So I work in outpatient surgery. Cool. What kind of debt was your thirty-four thousand? My student loans. Yay! <laughs> How long? Uh, I'm sorry. And, and let's see here. <laughs> so where do you guys live? We're from Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh yeah, fun. Okay, cool. So what starts this journey five months ago? What happened? Well, it really started um, like three years ago. My organization offered Smart Dollar, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm the free spirit. So I was like, well, I'll look at it. I don't know anything about financial stuff anyways. And then I was like, I'll tell Tony about it. And I got into the first video where it was saying, like, sell all your stuff and gazelle intensity. And I was like, that's not going to work for me, but I'll tell Tony anyways, and we'll just see. So I was like, have you ever heard about this guy? And he was like, oh, yeah, I know Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, he has a lot of point, but um, it sounds like it's more for, like, the destitute, which we are not. But we went ahead and listed all of our debts out, and we paid off a right good bit. So I think altogether we've paid about $71,000 off in the mm-hmm. last three years, but then five months ago, he he's the one that really got intense about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I just felt like we were making that type of money, and just kind of never never getting ahead you'd, you'd have money and then something would come up and mm-hmm. and it was gone um and i and i think the biggest thing is we hadn't combined our finances and once we combined our finances it was just a complete game changer um you know we were on the same page and we started started making moves together and instead of you know saving up four grand and then spending three you know we just we just went through this whole process and you know Thirty-four thousand dollars in five months. It was incredible. Boom, just wow. like that. Right. How long have you been married? Nine years. Okay. And in nine years, you just combined finances when you started this journey five months ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yep. We had two separate checking accounts, two separate savings accounts, and one joint checking account that we put all of our bills in. And then based on our income, Tony put in a bigger percentage than me because he makes more than me. Mm-hmm. And then we all just kind of. Well, I just like spent all my money because I don't ever save anything hardly until now. Mm-hmm. And he saved it all. So if something came up and he would have to pay for it, he would be resentful because he's like, I've saved up all this money. And then I would be like, mm-hmm. you also make more money. So it was always a fight back and mm-hmm. forth. And since we and combined now, everything. And now we have an account. Yeah. And now we have an income. Yeah. And now we have savings and we do spending. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, I certainly have a theory about this, but I'm curious, why do you think the combining accounts caused such an increase in efficiency and lowered the resentment you're set. Well, I mean, I think that it just puts you on the same page. So instead of working in different directions, you're working in one solid direction. I think just everything just seems to, to fit that way. When you're doing things separately, you're, you know, I'm buying something, she's buying something, and you, you know, you never know what one side's doing and the other side's doing. So you're just never on the same page that way. Um, but also, I mean, I think it just helps your marriage and helps you become a stronger grouping instead of just two individuals running through life together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Brandy, you were would have been the one most resistant to that because you just kind of had you had it made. I mean, you spent it your old check, yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, wh- why give that up, right? I mean, so what would you say the benefits are now that you guys combined them from your perspective? Well, I think it was it was now both of ours, both of our money. So mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling like I was getting like nickel. I used to we used to joke, and I would say, "Man, you've been nickel and diamond me since we were dating." Mm-hmm. Like we always split it. It was fifty fifty, a hundred percent, fifty fifty the whole time, out of my account and his account. And um, so then it wasn't like we weren't like, "Oh, I paid for this," you know, "You owe me this." It was just like, "Okay, well, we got to pay for this, and this is what we're doing." And um, since I'm a nurse and I'm really love to chart, so the 
every dollar app it was like real fun to like chart everything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um it was really um i didn't realize how much money like we actually had left over after we budgeted mm-hmm. and you get to do spending because you got to vote right yeah mm-hmm. i mean you're not like you like you're living on beans and rice or something you didn't have to do that no you just knock mm-hmm. this out i mean you make a lot of money so you just popped it in the head right mm-hmm. just reach over now, I like that charting thing with yeah. the every dollar. <laughs> of course, a nurse would mention it. it's like charting. I like that. I've never heard that analogy, but it's perfect. Yeah, budgeting wow. is like charting. Yeah. I like that. I love this story, though, because we get this all the time. People go, well, Dave, I'm not going to combine finances. I got, you know, for a thousand reasons, trust issues, fear, selfishness, financial infidelity. But when you guys combine this, there was an accountability there. There was a, a connection that could not be broken, and it obviously caused you guys to win financially. Yeah. That's absolutely. awesome. Man. Yeah, we actually had planned for us to pay our that thirty four thousand off by this April, but we paid it off in November. So Whoa. now we're four, five, and six. So we already got our emergency fund, and wow. now we're on to four, five, and six now. So we finished it like seven months early. And look, look at the spender all up in the knowledge. Yeah. Here. I know. I'm very <laughs> she knows impressed. Exactly where she is. I love She's this. Charting the budget. Yeah. She's got her spending under control. Yeah. And shout out to your employer for for having Smart Dollar yes. as a benefit. Thank Very you. cool. For those that don't know, that is our financial wellness program that we offer to businesses, organizations to help their employees get control of their money. So, yeah, very it's cool. A, it's an employee benefit program uh, that teaches our class is what it amounts to, and so very cool yeah and cool actually, the, the, the husband or the spouse could actually get involved and then it turns oh my gosh then it goes wow yeah, we encourage that yeah that's be, be awesome. careful be careful if you get tony involved because it'll get implemented <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well done you guys you're fun it's good to talk to you you're you got a real healthy uh outlook on this whole thing you're real comfortable in your own skin to talk about it and that that's a um you know that that's a positive for everybody listening and so sounds like you were doing fine you could just do better and now you did better, and now you're free. Does it? How's it feel to have zero debt? Did you Did you notice a change? Yeah, no. It, it's like the, the the tension in your shoulders just drops. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're like, you don't know anybody. Now it's time to go tackle the house and and, and start moving in that direction. And you know, in our mid forties, we could we could have no debt. Period. House yeah. and everything. So. And Brandy, you said that was student loans from you. Yes. So how does that feel for that all to be gone? Did you notice something when it left, or you just kind of a course of business? Okay, check. Well, I, I mean, I was happy. I don't, I'm not, I don't get like super really like worked up about stuff. I guess that's a nurse in me too. Um, Stay calm. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, man, we paid it off. That's great, you know. It was actually from my undergrad. My um, when I got my bachelor's, it I, I paid my job paid for it, and now I'm getting my doctorate, and we're actually cash flowing that too. So we yeah. were paying for my doctorate and paying all this, all of the debt off, and doing all the other stuff. So good for awesome. you. Good for you. Good for you. Well done, you guys. You're a power couple. That's awesome stuff. Now, you bring the kiddo with you to do a debt-free scream? How old is he and what's his name? He's five. This mm-hmm. is Reed. Reed. Has Reed been involved in all this? You know what's going on? Oh, yes. Yeah, he listens to the Ramsey show quite a lot with oh, us. Oh, I'm car, sorry, Reed. So. <laughs> we should get you some good music. That's to a listen scarred to. childhood right yeah. there. <laughs> Well, we got a copy of the Baby Steps Millionaire's book for you. That's definitely the next chapter in your story, as well as a Total Money Makeover book for you to give away to someone and stir up a holy ruckus with that thing somewhere. Tell them what you did. I'm proud of you guys. Well done. 
Very well done. You're a great couple. Tony and Brandy and Reed from North Carolina, 34000 paid off due mainly to uh, combining their accounts and their goals and their values. Did it in five months, making one fifty. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free! He understood the assignment. Way to go, buddy. That's awesome. Oh, man. Woo! It's amazing how people can share a bed, share DNA, share a child, but they won't share a bank account, Dave. That's just too personal. (laughs) Wow. I love a story like that. Oh, man. That's awesome. Way to go, Smart Dollar Team. Good work. Yes. This is The Ramsey Show. Psalm 77:14. you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. Our scripture of the day. John Rockefeller said, good management consists in showing average people how to do the work of superior people. Whoa. Yeah, that's probably true. We probably are all our average people that we learn to do superior work. A little snobbish there, Mr. Rockefeller, but uh, it's okay. I'm going with it. I like it. Open phones at 888-825-5225. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Boise, Idaho is up next. Justin's on the line. Hey, Justin, how are you? Hey, Dave, it's, it's Jesse. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, Jesse. What's up? Uh, so I was in a bit of a dilemma. I kind uh, of back and forth all week on what to do. Um, and I'm like, dude, I, I just, I need some, I need some help. Um, I work for a company for, I moved my family over here for two years. Uh, I've been here for two years. I moved my family over here to take a job. Um, been doing this for 16 years, the same work, the same job. Um, eight of those 16, I've been running my own crews and stuff. Um, so when I got here, the promises were made and then, uh, come to find out they were lacking that anyway. So that's this company. I mean, you just uh, drove by that. I have no idea what you just said. Promises were made and what? So there were some promises made. If you come to work for us, um, you know, um, then we'll give you this and this um, after a certain amount of time. Well, that was just to lure me in because they were so short on guys, it seems like. Anyway. Um, so you no longer trust the integrity of the people you work for. Uh, exactly. I don't, I don't know if I, I trust them. Uh, well, no, you just said you didn't. Uh, I know. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So I don't, I don't trust them. Um, so I, this winter, um, sometimes we get laid off due to weather and stuff like that. So we were laid off for a year, a month or so, um, and they ended up working a couple guys that were, you know, new high, guys that, uh, is the way it works is that you, you work, you start from the top and you work your way down to the guys lower on the totem pole, right? No, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> well, about. Well, okay. So like, who do you, what are you working down to? Most people work up the totem pole, not down. Right. No, I'm saying in the winter time. When they oh, in terms of who off, you're firing. Well, laying off due to weather. You, you know, lay off the expensive guy. You lay off the expensive guys first. Okay. I got that. 
well, guys with lack of, lack, lack of experience is usually where they start. Um, the newer guys. Um, anyway, so I went and Jesse, what's your question? Well, I want to get to down down to it. I put okay. I put in the resume. I got an offer from another company. The other company is willing to pay me for the same work, fifty-two dollars an hour. Well, I make thirty dollars an hour right now. What's the problem? All the same thing. uh, Well, four hundred one k is where I get to. I get to four hundred one k. Dude, you don't need a four hundred one k when you double your income. Okay. You go get a Roth IRA. Screw it. You got. You're gonna double your income. You go from thirty to fifty-two. That's almost double. I'm not staying anywhere for a four hundred one k for doubling your income. Is the other place a good place to work? Yes, I went up, checked them out, drove around with them. They they treat you right. You know, none of this promises that can't be kept. They told me. This is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to get, and this is how. What do you do be. for a living? I, um, I guess to sum it up, if I was a uh, build, design, engineer, roads, um, you know, all the stuff that you would, you know, build roads basically. Okay. It's, uh, right. Roads, subdivisions, parking lots, all the underground stuff that goes into it. Uh-huh. Um, Are you a heavy equipment guy? I just, uh, yes. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, and I, and I've, I've, I have, a, like I said, I have eight years running running yeah. crews. Yeah. So when I came over here, they were like, well, yeah, you can run a crew here. We'll, we'll put you out, you know. But, oh, hey, wait a sec. We don't have enough guys. So can would you mind working with these guys for a little bit longer? Well, it seemed like it was just to lure me here because they were so short on guys. They were desperate. They needed guys. The, the the second company or the first company? I mean, who, who's lowering you? So just leave the first company. First you company. got a great offer. What's stopping you at this point? I would just want because I mean the the, the first company there. They I mean they do like great four hundred one k matches. Forget the four hundred one k. You hate it and you don't trust them, and you're going to get paid almost double. Okay. So now leave. what do I do? Um, so if I'm putting in, like right now, I'm putting ten percent in my four hundred one k, and they're matching it at six percent. I go to this new company. How much do I put into that? You you, you roll your old four hundred one k with a Smart Vester Pro to a traditional, and you open two Roth IRAs, one for you and one for your wife, if you're married. But dude, regardless, you can just save money in mutual funds if you have to. If you don't have, once you've maxed out your Roth IRAs, but retirement plan is not what the problem here is. Retirement plan is a two on a scale of one to ten. No integrity is a ten on the scale of one to ten. Doubling your income is a ten on a scale of one to ten. This is what's known as a no-brainer. Take the new job, quit the old job, leave. No-brainer. You'll work out the investment stuff later. Okay. But you don't stay at a company making half the money that you don't trust because they have a 401k. No, not even close. So that, that that's the deal right there. I think I lost brain calories on that one, Dave. That was you a did. lot for me. That was hard for you. I was you. trying to track, man. Well, it was, it was circular. We got there. But we got there. Jarek is with us in Texas. Hi, Jarek. How are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh. So, uh, I'm a college student, uh, freshman by year, sophomore by hour, here at West Texas A&M 
University in Canyon, and I actually took your uh, I took your finance course my senior year for Money Matters. And uh, I had some questions about saving. You know, I have some money saved up just from work, graduation presents, scholarship refunds, that kind of thing. And, you know, I just don't want to put that kind of thing in the brick-and-mortar bank, you know. It doesn't make nothing. So I've been looking maybe like a high-yield savings kind of thing, something with high liquidity so I can take it out if I have to pay for something. No, you notice what high yield was, right? You notice what high yield was, right? You look at the percentage on the high yield? Yes, sir. It's only point five. Yeah, I know. It's not exactly high yield. It's kind of an oxymoron. Well, compared to the other. It's sorry. a point two five versus a point five. I mean, it's it's the whole thing's irrelevant. It's just a parking spot for your money. That that, that you're not going to lose it. You're not going to invest it because you need it for college. You don't need it right now, but you're going to need it later. So you're just going to park it somewhere. If you want to park it in a high yield that's not really high, then that's okay. If you want to put it in a money market, that's okay. None of it's going to earn over one right now. How much money are we talking? Uh, some four to six thousand. Yeah, just park it. You're going to get pennies on it either. Just either park way. it. I mean, you you can put it in a shoebox. It's not much different. But I mean, just park it because you're going to need it later. Keep your hands off of it when when you have a semester where where there's a little bit of a gap in there and you got to do some fill in. You're going to need that four to six, and it'll help you graduate college completely debt free as you push your way on through. But you just need a parking lot, a parking spot for your money, and you're not having to pay for it. They're going to pay you a tiny bit to park your car there. That's all it is. Just park it in the parking spot and get back to it later, and you've done a really good job setting your life up here. Very, very, very well done, Jarek. Very good job. You've got your whole life to invest, so don't worry about that right now. We want you to get through college debt-free, get your emergency one in place, get a great job, and then we have 20, 30 years to invest. You're going to be just fine. Yeah, you don't need to worry about investing right now. You're the investment. Get through school debt-free. Well done. George, good hour. Fun times. Thank you. Good job to the booth people. Well done, booth people, booth folk. It's all good in there. And uh, all of you, there were 17 people in there earlier. So I'm many. not naming them all. Can't even call the roll. They don't even know my children's names. Let's put the uh, let's put that hour in the books before you know it. In the meantime, remember there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Rachel Cruz, co-host on The Ramsey Show. If you want to do your debt-free scream live on the show, visit RamseySolutions.com slash debt-free scream. We'd love for you to come to Nashville and tell Dave your story. That's RamseySolutions.com slash debt-free scream.